Hello and welcome to 24 Karat Conversations. We are doing this special episode because our wonderful sweet town of Gilroy was invaded with a person with an agenda to harm and kill. Our feelings are raw, but we want to share them with you and we want to bring some peace from our faith that we have a belief in. Hopefully you'll understand the love for our city and at the end of this episode, we are Gilroy Strong. So good morning, folks. Yeah, we are here. Um... Boy, it's been quite a week, and um, little did we know when we were going to start this podcast five weeks ago that we would be sitting here talking about this tragedy that hit our town, Um, and Rhonda and I felt really strongly that this was an opportunity for us to voice some of the things that some people are feeling and also to bring a hope to you guys because... We do have a faith that supersedes all of this. Um, So this is how God works in my life. I was telling Rhonda, so I have different devotionals, Bible apps, uh, you know, I do Bible studies, all kinds of different things. I vary between all of them from day to day. And I had been 16 days behind in a Bible app um, that I was doing this certain devotional, and I just so happened, which I call this a coincidence. Totally just so happened that I decided um, on Tuesday, you know, I think I'm going to open my Bible app study and do that one today. And this is what I came across. When we read, watch, or listen to the news, it could be easy to get depressed. The tragic events of the last month could leave us fearful. It sometimes seems that evil is triumphing over good. The plans of the wicked seem to succeed, while others are subject to the ravages of terrorism, war, poverty, and injustice. This is why we desperately need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and listen to the Word of God. As we study the scriptures, we see the triumph of good over evil. At the end of the day good wins. Yes, that is so beautiful. Um, you know, Phyllis is incredibly, I, I moved to Gilroy just uh, in 2006. So it's been just what, 12, 13 years, but Phyllis grew up here. And so I think you sharing kind of your history of growing up here and how it's made you feel, um, would be great. So yeah, well, I, I grew up here, um, off and on since, um, a child. Uh, My parents uh, separated when I was eight and I moved to a neighboring town, but my dad always stayed in Gilroy. So I knew both cities, but my heart was always in Gilroy. And um, I grew up with a lot of these families. So I think, yeah, it touched me just in a different, more deeper way because I I knew um, the people that had gotten hurt um, were, were kids that uh, were my children's, they're all adults yeah. now, but they were, they, they grew all up grew up together since, uh, they were babies and went to kindergarten on through, um, school, grammar school. And then my daughters went to a different school once they hit junior high, but they all stayed connected. So, um, my story in this is that my youngest daughter was there with some of those friends that did get shot And um, she had ironically uh, left with her boyfriend earlier, like about two hours before the shootings happened, because they were uh, they had decided to go home and cook dinner for their parents. And 
So uh, it it struck me um, just so crazily that that it could have been my daughter, but mm-hmm. then seeing my daughter's friend get hurt and her boyfriend and his friend um, was too close to home for me. And then starting to hear the stories of many others of names that I knew that I'd known for some over 40 years. Um, I never wanted to be that town. (laughs) You see it on the news and you think, oh my gosh, that's so tragic. But you don't feel the impact of it until it happens in your own town. We One thing about Gilroy that has never left my side is that Gilroy is family. You can go to the store and see 10. My kids would hate it. (laughs) One of them moved away because she's like, I can't even go to the store without you guys knowing 10 to 12 people and talking. You spend two hours in the store and you only need milk. Right. And but that's what our city is, is that we are a family. And one of the things I've seen through people that have cancer or an illness or any other thing that has happened in our town, our whole city Binds together. Binds they do. together. They really do. And yeah. they're just so generous in that way and so loving. And so if I could say anything else from going to the vigils the last couple of nights is that I've seen that in such a huge way. And I hate that we had to come together because of this situation. Yeah. Well, and I think it brings up a lot of... Um, you know, for a lot of people, we've all been through different trauma in our mm-hmm. lives. And so um, my daughter, actually, my youngest daughter was actually at the festival an hour before she came home about an hour before the shooting had happened. And, um, you know, both Phyllis and I have shared with you that we've had children that have passed away. And I think just the thought of, oh, my goodness, like, it could have been that yeah Yeah. and a life being gone Mm -hmm. and especially with you know one of the victims being such a little boy Mm -hmm. you know I think it just kind of um it just really resonates and it kind of brings back a lot of like those feelings that you feel like you think here here I mean how many years are you out since your son passed 35 35. and I'm almost 18 out and it was one of those things that I was trying to process all of it and it was so hard. And then um, it's really cute. My, my CEO of my company called me at four 30 in the morning. Mm. Um, he, I guess had heard on the news and could not wait till 8am to call me. So he called me at four 30 in the morning. And after talking to him, I laid there in bed and my husband was like, well, who was that? I'm like, well, it was, it was my CEO um, checking on us to make sure he said, are you all accounted for is what he said. And I think when he said, are you all accounted for, it brought back this flood of emotion. Mm -hmm. And so after I got off the phone with him, I just started bawling because I just was like, oh my gosh, like it could have been, it could have been any of us, you know? And I think we have to be okay with feeling all of these emotions because obviously like the victims are going to feel different emotion and different trauma and the people who were, you know, one removed are going to feel different trauma and the first responders are going to feel a different trauma. And um, you know, I wrote a post this week on my Instagram, just like that we need to have grace for each other and mm-hmm. we need to be kind to one another because mm-hmm. we're all going to journey through grief in different ways. Mm-hmm. And one person's journey is not incorrect and another person's journey isn't, you know, correct. It just, it, we're just going to do, do it in different yeah, ways. That's so good. Yeah. And grief comes in waves. Yes, and, for sure. And uh, Rhonda and I are too close to that situation. Mm-hmm. We know what grief is and 
have been through it. Um, I've been through it a, a few times with my son and my mom mm-hmm. passing and, and of course, close friends throughout the right. years that um, tragically have passed away from accidents and things like that. And so, um, you know, it is uh, something no one ever wants to go through. And um, Rhonda, you have a counseling degree I do, yes. in grief. And yeah. so... There are stages of grief. Mm-hmm. There's the the shock. Yep. There's denial, denial. and isolation, mm-hmm. which a lot of people have done. Um, you know, because initially it just doesn't seem real. Like you wake up and you think, okay, this is just a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is anger. Uh, the third would be bargaining, mm-hmm. um, and that would be like you know, well, why did God do this? Or are you not understanding what, what happened exactly? Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth is depression and the fifth, fifth is acceptance. And I think one of the things I learned when I was going through all my counseling classes was that you can go through all those five cycles, mm-hmm. but you never want to stay in four, which is depression, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast that, you know, feels like they need to talk, reach mm-hmm. out. There are so many resources yeah. for you and you don't want to stay in that place of depression. It's not healthy. It's not good for you. It's not good for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, acceptance takes a long time. Like mm-hmm. number five, like I kind of, I remember when I was going through um, through grief counseling after my daughter died because, you know, even though I'm a counselor, I um, needed grief counseling after my daughter passed away. And acceptance, I don't know that you ever truly accept it. I think you might feel okay with it, but I don't think that acceptance well, is something Well, you have to you... adjust to yes. it, but I don't think you ever accept it. Right. Um, and also one of the things I wanted to mention too is this isn't a one through five thing that you go through it in a row. You go back and forth Forth. and vacillate between all of these feelings for a long time and and sometimes forever. But uh, just like Rhonda said, you don't want to stay in that grief process. So just to, you know, throw a little lightness in there because we're talking, you know, very sensitive subject. Today I what I did go into a depression um the next morning, as soon as this happened, I didn't even realize that I had gone through, um, I was going down the dark tunnel and I, um, couldn't get dressed or take a shower for two days. Um, also on the side note, we had picked up a new puppy on Sunday before all this happened. And I feel like God was really protecting me to say, you need something to hold on to. So we're going to bring this puppy into your life. So Rhonda kept checking on me and I said, I, I don't know. You know, my husband came home and he's like, are you okay? Because I'm sitting on the same place on the couch, like really grossed out, like stinky. Uh, like If I had known that, <laughs> just that, just, I would have gone and showered her, yeah. okay? Like, well, come on, lady, so get out of this. <laughs> she's sending me, she's checking in, checking in. And I go, I haven't showered in two days. I just feel like I'm in shock. Like, I just can't believe. And I can't believe, like, you know, my daughter was so close to the situation and just left and... And everyone has that story. And Rhonda sends me this gif of this person in a shower scrubbing down this other person, like, take a shower, get clean. (laughs) And it made me laugh. And I thought, I just needed to laugh. Like, I needed to laugh again. And and, um, it took me two days. And on the third day, I said, (laughs) on the third Third day, day I rose. (laughs) And I said, girl, get a shower. And I had to get up because I was taking someone to the doctors that day. And I actually thanked my friend for, we had planned, again, coincidence, yeah. God, 
We had planned this appointment a month before. I told her, yes, I can take you up to the city and take you to the doctor's. And I grabbed her hand that day and I said, thank you so much for making me get out of the house and get dressed because I was, I didn't even realize I was, I was falling down that deep tunnel. And I do that on a very rarely, but I do have a depressive side to me and, and I have anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to hole up by myself and I think I'm okay, but I'm not okay. And it does take one other person to say, hey, you know, and usually it's my husband. He's like, okay, like, what's going on? Go take a walk. Go do something. He told me that day, go take a walk. And I said, I can't. I stink. Like, I don't want to see anyone. (laughs) And so so I'm grateful for the pulling out. And so that, you know, if I could give you any advice if you're feeling super depressed right now is I know you want to be isolated and I know you want to go down a deep hole and just sit there and not be with anyone, but it's the worst thing you can do. Really just, even if somebody comes over, if you can't leave the house, like reach out to someone and talk to them. Uh, Just, just talk to them. They don't have to respond. They can just listen or just sit there together and just be there for that person because isolation is what drags you down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, definitely, first stage isolation, you know, of the cycle, it will, it can hold you down and take you right to step four, which is depression. I mean, you don't even have to go through anger. And I think, you know, what Phyllis said is right. You know, uh, they had a diagram of a circle with arrows when I was going through counseling. Um, And they were saying, you can go in and out of everything, but you know, you just want to stay out of that depression area. So if you can just reach out to people and not, don't be fearful, like, of what people are going to think. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's such a stigma with depression and anxiety. We all suffer from it Mm -hmm. at some point. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, some people suffer from it a lot more than others. But I think especially when you've gone through such a tragedy like we did on Sunday, I mean, you're going to feel it. I mean, the city felt, I actually had to travel out of town for business on Tuesday. And I, um, I was almost grateful that that meeting was scheduled um, because you could feel the heaviness here in the city. And so, you know, I was able to get out and kind of, um, you know, I spent time on the plane just kind of reflecting um, what had happened and it just kind of helped me come back and and reset. And that doesn't mean that I've forgotten about what happened Sunday. It doesn't mean I don't have compassion for those people that are going through it. It just means I need to reset because... I, you know, we've, we've got jobs to do. We've got stuff that we need to do. And unfortunately the world doesn't stop. The TV cameras are going to leave. The Mm -hmm. FBI is going to leave. It's all going to be gone and we're going to be left dealing with the aftermath of it. Mm -hmm. And so this could go on for, it will go on for years, you know, I mean, we're never going to be the same. I think that's the sadness of it is that we won't be the same, but I, I know our city, very well. And I know that we are such a stubborn city. Yeah. We, you know, last night we could see that with the thousands that showed up at the vigil and the, you know, our tagline is Gilroy strong. And we completely, um, resonate with that. We are a strong community. And I know for a fact, next year's festival is going to be booming because we're all going to show up on Friday. We don't care. We're not going to be afraid of this. We're not going to let the enemy win. That is exactly yeah. the fear that, and and I understand like if you were there and, and that's a trauma for you, um, you may not want to show up or you may. And that is a completely personal thing. But right. I know that as a city as a whole, 
we want to show people like this was never meant to be a fearful place to Mm -hmm. be. That was the happiest weekend. Every year it was the happiest weekend that we could ever spend. It was when we get to see all of our friends that we haven't seen in a while. We get to, you know, just walk among people, meet new things, look at the crafts, get a toe yeah. ring, listen to the music, yeah. eat tons it's of garlic, garlic, and everyone stinks and we're all okay with it. And um, and it was just something that was so special and I want it to be special again. And I know that, you know, the grief process is just such a long one. And the other thing too is that you know, if you're like Rhonda and I have suffered trauma before. So Mm -hmm. one of the things is that that's what triggered me is because we have suffered trauma. I have from my childhood too. This triggered a lot of emotions. And so if you've had any kind of trauma in your life before, then that throws everything Mm -hmm. into a tailspin where now you're thrown back into, it triggers a lot of emotions. And so I know it did for me and it just um, made us feel off kilter. Yeah. So I think again, that's where, you know, you have to ask for help. And, you know, I took crisis counseling through our, Mm -hmm. my old church years ago. And it was funny because I took it to help other people but it was therapy for me because I didn't realize there was some deep seated things in myself that I hadn't healed yet. Mm -hmm. And I probably cried more than anyone in that class for six weeks, but I so appreciated that. And so therapy is really, really important, especially if you're someone that was there. Um, it's, it's vital that you go and get professional help to deal with that because you will have a form of trauma, PTSD, Mm -hmm. like those kind of things I'm hearing all over town where these young kids that were there, as soon as they hear a car door slam or something, they're jumping. Um, And I actually did the same thing in the doctor's office. I wasn't actually at the festival, but just, you know, knowing what had happened, somebody walked by really fast when I was waiting for my friend in the waiting room and I was reading a book and I jumped and I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. like my body, my emotion in my body, your body will react to things even if you think you're okay. So it's important that you talk about it, get help for it, you know, wherever yeah. you are in the process. And for me, it's the helicopters because they were literally, <sighs> they were really, we live really close yeah. to where the festival was and they were literally flying over our house All night. For, and it was mm-hmm. just, it was eerie to, yeah. to actually. And I think the other thing that's really interesting is that the night before we had had a uh, party at Phyllis's right. house and um, some of the people that were directly involved in the, yeah. in and everything were there. Oh, and I was looking at videos of us dancing and laughing. And it's just like, you know, people, life is really short. In and a second, it can change. And I think sometimes we hold on to things a little too much, like, you know, really dumb arguments and really mm-hmm. dumb grudges. And, you know, we got to learn to let go of that stuff. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if anything, just love on the people that you're with and, yeah. you know, don't, don't get offended by everything everybody says, yeah. because I feel like, you know, how would you feel if something had happened to right. somebody maybe that you didn't have a good, you know, yeah. a good vibe with, or you guys had been in an argument? You well, know, and you, you just don't, you don't know because your days are numbered and yeah. we don't, we don't have control of that. You, you know, even in our faith, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We have no secret mm-hmm. thing that we know more than anyone else. We don't know. Like today could be my last day, your last Absolutely. day. Like we don't know. And so that's when you just hold on to the hope. I do want to say a huge thank you to all the first responders Absolutely. and also to, to Scott Smithy, sure. yeah, our police chief and our mayor, yes. uh, Roland Velasco. 
like uh, Mark Turner, who ran in and helped people. Um, and our three officers who took down just that guy, so man, you guys are amazing. amazing. Like to go in and know that, you know, you're there to save other people, but at the same time, your life can be taken too. That's um, just a beautiful tribute to who you are and what um, what you have taken on as your responsibility. It's more than a job. It is your calling. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you so much. We've been praying nonstop for you and your families. And, um, you know, I just appreciate all the people that helped out. Um, we, they talked about them last night and the people that um, Peter Fleming and John Perales that used their cars and um, Mark Turner grabbed people like people were taking people and hiding them and taking people that were hurt and taking them in their truck and rushing them to the hospital. That's our city. Yeah. Like those are our people. Like those are the people that, you know, we didn't care about our own lives. It was like they jumped in and mm-hmm. just like did what they needed to do to help others, whether they knew them or not. Ironically, the people that were killed were not not even from, from Gilroy. Gilroy. And that breaks my heart because... You know, I, it just breaks my heart all the way around. Like, it doesn't matter if they are or aren't, but it was just ironic that they weren't even people from our town, but people from our town were grabbing them and trying to save them. And so my heart just goes out to those families because yeah. I, I just can't imagine. And whether your child is six or 29 years old, it's your child. So yeah, and, hurts. you know, it is just a mm-hmm. loss that you, you never get over. And so we're just here to tell you, like, we, we love you guys. We're so sorry that that happened to your families. Rhonda yes. and I know that yeah. pain. Yeah. No, I know. I, I, Every time a child passes away, I always, ooh, that it's always brings it's, up, it brings yeah. up a lot of emotion because we know exactly what it was like yeah. to be that parent. You don't plan for a funeral. It's yeah. in reverse order. You know, your children are supposed to bury you. Right. You're not supposed to bury your children. So our hearts go out to those parents and, you know, we if you're listening, like we will tell you, like if you need resources, we are 100% here um, for you during this time. Um, I also want to thank our churches that have like just stretched out their hand and opened up their doors. And I I think today, one of um, our churches, um, well, our home church, New Hope, actually um, was doing something for the first responders um, today. And so I just, you know, I know we talked about this a lot in our previous podcast on faith about it's not about the rules and religion yeah. of church. It's about community. And this yeah. is where you see it in action. Right. And so, you know, I do want to encourage you today that if you're not involved in a community, a, a church, you know, go find a church that you be- that you want to belong to and be part of it because that is your community when something tragic happens. Yeah. And seek it out. Like, yeah. go, don't, don't feel like you have to go to one church because someone else is going mm-hmm. there. Like, go yeah. to several and see which one really resonates with your soul. Mm-hmm. Because it's important um, that you have, you know, church family is, when it's good, it's everything. So I will say, like, I felt such a comfort at the same time, like such sadness that we had to be there for that. But when we went, we had a vigil at our church on Wednesday night, and um, it was packed in there. And the love in that room, you could feel the spirit in that room of just love and Mm -hmm. um so 
you know, we're yeah. partial to our church, yeah. but I think... But I, all the churches, but I mean, have been amazing. I mean, you know, you've got town. the Anchors, St. Mary's, uh, South Valley. South Valley. Uh, I'm sure Foothills did something as well. I mean, I, I would love to name all of them, but yeah. I just, you know, I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for, yeah. like, just reaching out to the community and being there for them. Um, we're going to get ready to close here, but I... Um, so I have a really good friend. Her name is Dana Burke. I'm going to give her a shout out. Um, she wrote a book called Arise Psalms of a Heart Set Free. And this morning it was kind of funny because I have it sitting on my desk. It's just a book of like her poems and they're beautiful. And I happened to open up Coincidence God. God. I happened <laughs> to open it up to this, this one and it's called Peace. And so in closing, I want to read this to you. It says, Peace. When the bottom falls out and I cannot stand, I will proclaim you are good even when I don't understand. Your peace transcends all understanding when my faith is shaken. Your peace transcends all understand, all understanding. I am not forsaken. I am not forsaken. The storm has passed. The damage is done. The battle is over, but you've already won. Your peace transcends all understanding when my faith is shaken. Your peace transcends all understanding. I am not forsaken. I am not forsaken. You guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. You guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Your peace transcends all understanding when my faith is shaken. Your peace transcends all understanding. I am not forsaken. I am not forsaken. And the verse that she she put for um, this uh, poem she wrote is, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And I just want to tell you, you know, that, that very end where it says, um, that God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds. And so that is my prayer for everybody that has been affected by this tragedy, that he will guard our hearts and our minds, and that even though we may not understand it, know that he is in the middle and in the center of it all, um, even when we are struggling um, to, to make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, we love you guys. And, um, you know, we will we will be back next week with a couple different episodes, but we wanted to for sure... Um, honor our city of Gilroy and honor all the first responders and honor everybody who has just poured out their love for um, for the city of Gilroy. And we just want you guys to know that we love Gilroy so much and we are Gilroy Gilroy strong. strong. We love you until next time. We will talk to you soon and have a 24 karat day.